If you have ever had a chance to look into a microscope and see all the activity in a tiny drop of seawater, then maybe you have been in awe. Where you stood before the vast Atlantic Ocean to see a magnificent sunrise over the horizon. Then, maybe again, you have been in awe. Well, good morning, and this is Bruce Davis with In Awe by Bruce. And today, I'm very happy to have a gentleman who was my pastor for 15 years in the United Methodist Church. He's retired United Methodist minister, David Gribner. And I asked David to be on here because there were, you know, there's a lot of different things that he has expressed over the years that strike me as things that bring awe into my life. But there were two particularly that stand out. And so, David, thank you, and, and we're glad to have you here. Yeah, good to be here. Well, thanks. And I'm going to put you on the spot for a couple of things. And so uh, the first one was when I started coming to Riverside United Methodist Church was that you had had an experience at an Alpha class. And I'll let you explain the Alpha class and what it was and, and what it meant to you. But I just know when I walked in the doors and heard about your experience there, it was one of those things that just drew me closer to the Lord. And it mm-hmm. opened up my eyes to more things I needed to be thinking about and how I could better be relating to Jesus as well as expressing him to others. So I will uh, just stop there and let you go ahead and maybe tell everybody exactly what happened to you and and how it changed what was going on in your life and, and brought a new and renewed freshness of the Spirit into your world and a closer walk with Jesus. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, in preparation for this, I went back and, and read my uh, account. Uh, it was on March 1st, 2001. And, um, you know, you know I wrote, I'm glad I wrote it down. It, it was a, a real watershed moment for me. Things, and I'll get to that in a moment, but things, something inside me as a result of this, I mean, it shifted. And it, like, it was like it wasn't, it didn't shift and then unshift. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened there shifted and then just sort of stayed there. And I can, when I look back, at that moment, it's still unfolding, it, or, and I'd like to say the word unchanged. It isn't unchanged, but whatever I was before is kind of been changed um, at that moment. So let me, let me go talk you through that experience. Okay. So went to Cincinnati, um, actually it was for an Alpha training uh, to, to, to run the Alpha course in a church. And I was, I knew I was hungry for something. I knew I'd kind of uh, been at Riverside for uh, almost nine years at that point in time. And, and, if you ever talk to your pastors at some point in time, it's like they pastoral ministry can kind of go in cycles. It's like, you know, you have these bursts and then you kind of get, you can get, you can get kind of, um, well, this word will show up again, but dry. Um, and I knew I was hungry for something. Didn't know exactly what it was. A friend of mine uh, had been uh, involved with the Alpha course before. It's out of uh, Great Britain, uh, Holy Trinity Brompton Church in, in London. I knew a little bit about it, but I just, and it was going to Cincinnati. My wife and I could get away, and I thought, well, let's, let's go check out this. And this is another important word. I thought this new this kind of program for the church. So all morning long at this thing, uh, Nikki Gumbel, who was the, the leader of Alpha at that time, was talking about experiences that people had had on the Alpha course. It's just a basic course in Christianity. You know, who is Jesus? Why did Jesus die? Uh, what is the Holy Spirit? And, and, and those sorts of questions. There's like, there's do 10 weeks there's like 15 classes because uh, you have one weekend when you do a bunch of them on the weekend but i'm listening to this and 
uh, and I'm hearing the kind of, I guess put it this way, I'm hearing the kind of stories that I wish were going, wish I knew were going on in my church. Mm-hmm. People getting lit up, people having experiences, people bringing friends, people really getting in touch with, with the Lord through the Holy Spirit. And you know, I'm thinking, it has to be a great new program. And I'm listening to the details. What are the mechanics of, of pulling this off in your church and things like that? And so, because that's how we're wired up as pastors, at least during my pastoral term, was let's, let's, let's get a new program. Let's get the church excited about something. Right. And, and, but what happened next changed all that. I'll, I'll get right to the cut right to the chase here. It was late in the morning, and the pastor of Holy Trinity Brompton, um, Sandy was his name. And he's British. And, and he says that, that all morning long, a group of people have been praying, asking God for a word, a word. That's the, that's the phrase he used. And what they were doing was they were going to the Holy Spirit and asking the Spirit what those of us in that group needed to hear in terms of uh, prayer. So they I mean, were asking the Holy Spirit for what, the, what was going on in the hearts of the people out there and what they needed to pray for. And I'll never forget this. I'm looking at him up there, and he kind of leans back. He said, I've been waiting for a word. First word he said was, we've been told by the Holy Spirit, or we've been asked by the Holy Spirit to pray for people who are dry. Huh. And it's that moment, <laughs> my heart just went, oh my gosh. He nailed the exact <laughs> feeling, quality, the yeah. hunger in my heart that mm. I didn't even know was there. Wow. And, and at that moment, I'm going, I'm starting to wrestle at this point in time. The intellectual side of me is going, you know, uh, <laughs> let's, let's analyze this. Let's, let's, another side of me is going, holy moly, what am I supposed to do next? And, and I, you know, I'd heard stories, of, you know, people, you, you give in, the Holy Spirit fills you, you have these kind of experiences. So I'm having this intellectual battle in my head, going back and forth. I would, I would call it, you know, you're, you're reflecting on your own experience, mm-hmm. reflecting on what's going on, and the and the intellect is kind of driving this thing. And at yeah. some point, I mean, I can't I can't tell you. Also, there's another thing that happens this time. Time sort of disappears. You don't know where this is going on for a minute, two minutes, fifteen <laughs> seconds. It's like you're you're beginning to shift. Just I'm call it. Things are getting thin between you and the Lord. And at some point, I can't remember exactly how it happened. I just said, all right. One of the signs of the Holy Spirit is tears. And I mean, I mean, I just began to, to weep. And again, one of the keys to this experience is you're not going like, hey, look what's going on with me. You're not, you, the self kind of just drifts away. I don't mm-hmm. know a better word for it than that. This, and you're Dissipate. not constantly going, hey, look what I'm going through. As a matter of fact, the second you go, hey, look what I'm going through, the thing kind of disappears. Um, uh-huh. So I'm, I'm going through this, and I'm weeping, and I, I don't think I can even put into words what was going on at that moment. The only thing I can describe is the aftermath. And the aftermath, as, as things began to settle down, and as I began to become aware that I'd experienced something, it was like uh, peace, joy, um, a renewed uh, love, um, and, and, and I looked up, when you asked me to do this, I went out and I looked up, what was, the, there's another part of the story I'll get to in a minute, but there was a sermon that I, that was on a, I was coming back to preach on that Sunday, yeah. and I went back and looked at, what did I preach on that Sunday, because after that experience, and I used the phrase orange barrels in that sermon, okay. you know, you're driving down a highway, and you see the orange barrels, and you know immediately what's going to happen, mm-hmm. orange barrels, people are going to stop, traffic's going to get slow. But as soon as the orange barrels are kind of cleared out, traffic gets back to normal. And I felt like when I began to look carefully at 
things I was occupied with, concerned with, frightened about, anxious about, before that experience, orange barrels, they were gone. Every orange barrel I could think of, the things I could still intellectually say, hey, that's what I was concerned about, but I had a whole different kind of peace about it, gentleness about it. And it just kind of blew me away. I bet. One of the, one of the funny things that happened was, is shortly after that, they, they said we could go to lunch. And so I'm walking out, and I'm feeling okay. And, and my wife was picking me up outside. And, and I'm, I'm walking out the door, and suddenly the experience started to return. Uh-huh. I don't know whether it was seeing her or what. And I, threw, I opened the door and threw myself on the back seat of the car, grabbing some tissues. And she's going, what's wrong? What <laughs> she goes, I don't know where this even came to. Did your mom die? And I'm like, we didn't have cell phones at that time. How would I even know that? Um, I said, no, 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 this is good. And it was just the sense of peace. So cut to, cut to another critical moment is I came back on that Saturday. I knew I had to preach the next Sunday, and I was just, oh, my goodness. So I called. This is very important. I called together some folks in the church that I knew, that I thought at least, could handle my accurate description of this experience and could help me process it. My question to them was, what do I do with this? And I described it sort of in the same terms that I just described this to you. And I said, what should I do with this? Should I talk about this tomorrow? And they prayed with me. And absolutely all of them said, absolutely, you need to talk about it. You absolutely have to talk about this tomorrow. We'll leave that up to you. You need to talk about it. And one of the guys in the group said, as he was praying with us, as he was praying, he said, I felt like I saw this river flowing down the sanctuary, the Riverside United Methodist Church. I thought, well, that was very interesting. So the next day, Communion Sunday. Think about that. Communion <laughs> Sunday. Um, <laughs> what timing? Yeah. And, and sermons are shorter. So I had to capture this in about 10 to 12 minutes. So and I went back, looked at the sermon, and I, and I told this sort of essentially this story. And then I said, what I'd like to do is invite any of you, when, they, when you come forward for communion, I'm going to have somebody else hold the elements, and I'm going to stand in back of them. If you want to come around the communion elements and have prayer, please do. And I thought maybe, you know, four or five people would do this. So I, I offered a prayer. And that was one of the things that also exploded was just, I mean, I could not stop praying. <laughs> and Isn't I, that great? I, I prayed, opened my eyes, and the aisle in the sanctuary was absolutely full of people. It was a river. Wow. Coming forward. Mm. And it just... Just what to he saw this, before. <laughs> yeah. To this day, uh, Bruce, I can't, I couldn't, after that, I couldn't preach the same. I couldn't teach the same. It was like a page in my life. Just, I mean, it was mm. like, here, I'm living on this, these two pages of my life. And the Holy Spirit just came in and said, oh, let's turn the page. Wow. Well, you know, I've heard you tell this before, and still I get chills as you're telling it again. How have you seen it? You used the word earlier, unfold. So here you are now. 17, 18 years later, how have you seen that unfold in your life in the different ways? One, one of the answer that comes to my mind, just so the first is, is, is when, the, look, you can't live on that mountaintop every mm. single day. So when the, when the valleys come, if you can remember the mountaintop, you can remember, hey, look, I got through this before by, by, by this. And I didn't produce it. It was produced in me. It, didn't, it wasn't something that came at my bidding. It came at God's bidding. And in his time. And so the sense of trust is, is deeper, you know, and, and, and I, 
I don't know where everybody, I don't know how everybody else processes their life, but I'm aware of my own, I'm aware of many of my faults, probably not all of them, but I'm aware of many of them. And I've said this before on occasions, you know, I tend to be a little more anxious than other people. I don't, at least I think I am. Mm-hmm. So I try to bring that when I'm beginning to feel that anxiousness, you know, this, this, that experience, you know, I'll draw on that experience and on subsequent experiences that happened, you know, subsequent to that, maybe not at that intensity, but, and I guess that's another thing. Once you've had one of these experiences, yeah, you begin to recognize them when they happen in, in more subtle ways. I was, I was trained in, in spiritual direction back in the 1980s. I remember one interesting thing that uh, one of our teachers thought, his name was Gerald May, and, and he said he believed that, that if you could sit with anybody over a, over a short period of time and knew how to ask the right questions, you could help people flag these kind of experiences in their lives. Mm, yeah. Some of them happen in ways underneath the, at a level of self-awareness that's not, you don't even really know that they're there. It's kind of like sometimes you get a big wave and sometimes you get little waves and you don't notice the little waves as much, hmm. uh, but they're there. And I just think this is going on. And I think if you, if you say to the Lord that you're open and, and not okay. that you have David Gribner's experience, but, but that you're anxious, you're, you're open to an experience, whatever you need and to trust that the Lord knows what you need <laughs> so that your heart can grow closer to him and serve him. And, and, you know, as I was thinking about this conversation that I began to think about, I was asking the Lord, you know, what do you want to say to me? I began to think about spiritual gifts. The yeah. Lord gives us the spiritual gifts we need for the task that he's appointed for us to do. Mm-hmm. And it's in an ongoing way. And I needed that experience so that I could go on and continue teaching and preaching. Yes, I and think you're right. That. It really deepened my understanding of that. Mm. Um, and I couldn't go back. I couldn't go back to the old ways. Wow, because that's a great summary of one for people to think about in their own lives. Because, you know, I know there's a lot of people listening that are going to be searching for that kind of thing. The other part that I like is that you added in it's spiritual direction wise, it's helpful for any of us to help others see that in their lives and take account right. of the, the other thing you said, and this came up with Verlin Foster. It came up with uh, Ben Witherington and the Celts. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but the Celtic Christians yeah. had a word for it called the thin space. Right. Yeah. And that, and you brought that up. Same yeah, thing. Totally yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, we, we've talked about this, I think in the past, but yeah, the, yeah. There, there are thin spaces and, mm-hmm. and, and you just, you can't manufacture them. Right. You can't, I mean, you can pray for weeks and know you're having a great prayer time and thinking, well, it should happen now. And it's like, no. And then you're walking down the street completely unaware of what, and then suddenly, boom. Boom. <laughs> and because you can't, you know, you can't name this. You can't call for what, you can't say, well, I'd like to have this kind of experience. Yeah. But whatever the this is, God knows what it is. And it, when it comes from him, and, oh, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing, Bruce, that I think this other point that just struck me. Okay. These experience, and this is a great word. These experiences are self-authenticating. Right. Good point. Flesh that yeah, out a little they, more so people they, know what you're... When you're looking at them on the outside, you're thinking, well, how am I going to know I'm having one of these experiences? <laughs> it's kind of like falling in love. You mm. just kind of know. Mm-hmm. The, you can't explain falling in love to somebody who hasn't fallen in love. But the second they fall in love, they go, oh my gosh, now I know. Falling in love is a self-authenticating experience. It just is. And, and these kind of experiences, it's like, can I put it into words? No. Can I tell you exactly what it was? No. No. <laughs> because the experience, it, 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 
it introduced itself in the way it needed to be introduced. And it came in a language that I don't think we have ac full access to as human beings. Wow, a good point. And that kind of leads me to my second experience that I thought was fabulous. For Christmas Eve, you did a sermon for years that I thought brought home the very feeling of awe as you, as you expressed what God did in the birth of Jesus. Yeah. And, and so I'm going to ask you, if you can, to summarize— Absolutely. I'd love I'd love to hear that and I think no. I think everybody would realize, wow, this is yeah, this is the God serve. Yeah. And you think about it, Christmas Eve, I mean it's the same story every year. It's like Easter. It's the same story every year. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think we work too hard to try to, you know, make it make it somehow, hey, fresh. Strangely enough, this this uh, story has its has its origins in um sitting in a hot tub, which I always find fascinating. <laughs> I, was, uh, way, I don't really like hot tubs anymore, but at that point in time in my life, my sister and brother-in-law had a hot tub. I can remember <laughs> just soaking that up, you know, night sky, you're warm, and, and suddenly this, this thing just hit me. It was around 1984, and I know this because um, National Geographic came out with a National Geographic map of the universe. And, and here's the fascinating thing. What they put in that map was actually sort of brand new cosmology that people were under understanding. I've been reading a, another book on this, and, and literally it was the 1970s that we began to be able to look beyond the scope of the Milky Way and understand where, where we were and what was going on out there. I'm not going to go into any of those details except to say that. So in 1984, National Geographic, which of course is, unlike the Internet, always reliable, you know, right? <laughs> no, I mean right. that, yeah. Yeah, they so are they, much they did more. a great job. So I'm looking at National Geographic is explaining how scientists now categorize the distances and the makeup of the universe. And so we're all familiar with this. Start small. You know, you have the, our, our sun and our solar system. And, you know, the sun is like eight light minutes from the Earth. So we know we're talking about vast distances. And, and so you talk about the solar system. And so that's the first order of, of, of magnitude. I don't remember how big the solar system is, but you can look it up. Next, we understand that, that we are, our sun, our solar system is part of um, something called the Milky Way. And you understand that until the early part of the 20th century, we thought the Milky Way was the entire universe. It's mm -hmm. kind of an interesting thing how this has all exploded in the 20th century. Now what we understand is that, is that galaxies are yoked together Literally, they're, they're like little highways yoking galaxies together. And galaxies, at least at this point in the history of the universe, are tending to drift closer and closer together. This is just the way mass works under the influence of gravity in the universe. So from our little galaxy, you go up, it's called our local group. And I don't know, I don't have it in front of me, but it's like some magnitude of, of light years across, maybe 20,000 light years across, I think, something like that. Mm. includes our, our little local group, you know, half a dozen galaxies that are kind of sailing through space together. <laughs> so we have the local group. Then you mm -hmm. have what you call superclusters. And superclusters are, I would call them like an armada of galaxies. Okay. And again, they are linked through these forces in the universe. They're linked. They're sort of gravitationally linked together. You have our sun and its planets, and you have the local group, then you have the, the supercluster, then you have the, the known universe. And I'm this is about 93 billion light years uh, wow. edge to edge. 93 billion light years edge to edge. Boom. 
so so here's how I did it. I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm kind of shortening it. Um, so at a moment in time, which we call Christmas Eve, the God of 93 billion light years of time and space, although it, it's growing every day, but <laughs> 93 billion light years <laughs> of time and space, chose one supercluster of galaxies. And in that supercluster of galaxies, chose one local group. And of the number of galaxies in that local group, chose one galaxy. And of the billion, I mean, literally billions of stars in that, what we call the Milky Way galaxy, chose one star, a beautiful yellow star. And of all the planets circling that one yellow star, chose the third planet from the sun, a beautiful blue-green gem. And of all the continents on that planet, chose one continent. And of all the countries on that continent, chose one country. And of all the cities, all the towns in that country, chose one town. And of all the women, the young girls in that town, chose one young girl whose name was Mary. And into Mary's womb, incarnated, literally incarnated, the essence, the beauty, the wonder, the majesty, the destiny, the glory of 93 billion light years of time and space. Mm. And wow. there are scriptures that talk about he is the word. Through him all things were created. and Without him nothing has been created that is created. Mm -hmm. He is the one who holds all things together. Wow. Now, I've, I've had the opportunity to, in, to go to Israel twice and give that twice in Israel. One time we were in Bethlehem and standing outside of the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem. Mm. And just as I got to the last line, the Muslim call to prayer went off. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about your timing. It's yeah. very fascinating. <laughs> the time that I really loved doing it, though, was in a small cave in Shepherd's Field. Mm. Uh, and literally within maybe yards you know, I don't know, a mile, half mile, mm -hmm. of where the angel announced the birth of Jesus to the shepherds. Wow. Oh, that's overwhelming in a beautiful way. Yeah, and I do it every Christmas Eve. My, now, I used to do it every Christmas Eve at church. Now my daughters, uh, FaceTime, they do it, I put a post it to my web, to my Facebook page <laughs> every <laughs> Christmas Eve. So uh, I have to let people know that we'll see it, still see until I give it up, I'll see it every year. That's great. Well, it, it's still so meaningful to me all the years I've heard it. And it's just like um, you were talking earlier about as people walk along and God brings things into their lives at the right time, the right way. Absolutely. One of the overwhelming awe things for me is that just like all those stars, all the galaxies and everything, God is able to deal personally Yes. With all the billions of people, and he can touch them in the ways that they need to be touched and give them the things that they need at the right time when they need them all around the world yeah. at the same time. Absolutely. That's overwhelming to me. That's just yeah. amazing. Whew. Well, David, anything else for somebody listening that you find helps inspire you or bring more reverence for God? Hmm. I guess if I were to say one thing, they don't try to do this alone. Mm. I think there are many wonderful things that can happen to you in your life as a solo Christian. But think about the moments in my life when these things happened mm -hmm. in the company of other believers. 
just like I said a moment ago, we now know that, that there are these forces that all galaxies and everything else are linked together. When human beings come together yeah. and they have similar hearts, when, when, when they come together and their hearts are the same and they're searching for the same things, it's just amplified. Yes. Here's, here's what happens. You find yourself in groups. Someone will say something and that'll trigger something in you that you yep. didn't even know was there. You know, so and then true. it triggers something in someone else that they didn't even know was there. <laughs> and the spirit, and, and you can do this in larger groups. I think groups of four, five, three or four yeah. sometimes are the best. That's a good point. And I, you know, it's just like it says, don't neglect the gathering of the many. Absolutely. You know, uh, you know we're the, we are the body of Christ, and that's an organism rather than an organization. Absolutely. That's so. right. That's right. That's right. It's his body. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we are a part of his body. That's right. And, and nobody is the whole body. So. Yep. yep. That's wow. exactly right. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your experiences with us as well as your, you know, your sermon that you preach on Christmas Eve and, and taking the time out of your day to do this. I know it'll be a great blessing to those that are hearing this. So thank you for your time and your effort here. Hey, my pleasure. It's great to remember them. It's great to be asked to remember them and to, you know, it's kind of relive those experiences. Yeah, I think it's good to put all this in the memory of the body at whole. So, so yeah. thank you. Good job, Bruce. All righty. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Take care.